the semester that I had my daughter, I decided to take 19 hours because I was like, I'm about to have a baby. I need to get all this out the way. It was crazy. So I started off at LSU in Honors College. I had taken organic chemistry, <laughs> didn't do well. And I remember the Friday I had her, I was like, you know what? I need to withdraw from this class because I'm not gonna do well. Didn't know I was in labor at the time, um, but yeah. Hey guys, real quick, Dr. Dale here. All right, so I want you guys to do me a favor. Before you start this episode, please hit that pause button and click subscribe or click follow or click like, whatever it is. We work really hard to bring you guys this good information to uplift the entire community. And we really appreciate you guys supporting our efforts and our work. Love you guys. Enjoy the episode. I'm on them band like a dad, yeah. Only do it like flagger, yeah. I'm kicking flame with no saga, yeah. Ay, I like them blues. I might go Janet like Jackson. I got the margin, yeah. It's all about progression. Life is like a blessing. Everything a win, loss is like a lesson. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, ain't no time for stressing. I've been really stepping. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, if you wanna go get it, stop playing around. Really got on racks, ain't playing around. Wanna go get it, stop playing around. Really got on racks, ain't playing around. Black man, white coat, shit, we up. What is up, family? It's Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor Wisdom from Parents Who Did It, the author of Pre-Med Mondays, the author of Black Men and White Coats, and the author of the Dr. Doc Children's Series, and you are listening to the Black Men and White Coats podcast. Super excited about today's guest. She's one of my homegirls from way back, way back. I feel like I'm getting old now, man. Um, man, I've, I've known this one since 2013 or so, and it's going to be a good episode. I'm trying to tell you guys, it's going to be a great episode. Before we hop into the episode, just want to remind everybody about all the stuff we've got going on. If you haven't seen the documentary, make sure you check it out, bmwcmovie.com. If you're a pre-med, you can join our pre-med mastermind group and get coaching, uh, premedmondays.com. And everybody else, just check out diversemedicine.com. We've got mentoring free. We've got mentors, all sorts of great stuff going on there. Now, what you guys are here for, you want to hear from this legend. She is a legend in the game right here. This is Dr. Danielle Ward, a legit legend in the game. Like I said, I've known her probably since 2013 or so. Um, it's funny. We actually just got off recording another podcast that she's doing with me for a new podcast that we're about to launch here. And, you know, we were talking on that podcast. We're like, wow, we've actually known each other since probably 2013. And she's been kind of the legend in the blogging world. So a lot of you guys are going to know her blog. We'll talk about it here a bit. But um, she's been a legend in this thing. And She's a past president of the Student National Medical Association, and she's got so many awards. I just remember a time period where I was just always seeing Danielle's name on coming out on everything. It's like another award, another award, another award, and it just never stops. So I'm very proud of this young doctor uh, who is preparing to start her plastic surgery residency. So super proud of her. Dr. Danielle Ward, welcome to Black Men and White Coast, or today, Black Women and White Coast. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me. We go way back. Pre-Med Star, Diverse Medicine. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I forgot. Man, I even forgot it was called Pre-Med Star from back then. Goodness gracious. But yeah, yeah, that's right. In Diverse Medicine, you actually used to run our um, our kind of like, I don't know if we called it blog, whatever it was. You kind of helped us with all that media stuff back then. Yeah. But I'm um, super excited to have you. And I'm super excited to for the audience to hear your story. Because I know part of your story. And it's, it's, it's a legit one. It's a real one. It's an overcomer one. It's a bit of everything. So... You know, as much as you're willing to dive and, and dig into, I'm going to go after. And if I say something you don't want to talk about, say, we're not going to talk about that. But um, we can talk about it all. All right. We talk about it all. Then. All right. So, so 
Oh, first of all, before we start this, um, remind everybody what's the, your blog. So just in case people want to make, I want to make sure they jot that down, they write it down, they they bookmark it, whatever. What is your blog for people to find you? It is aspiringminoritydoctor.com. Yeah, and again, legendary blog, probably one of the first in the in the whole blogging thing for med, you know, um, not medical school, but the field of medicine. Uh, and then you have a book also. What is the name of your book? Yes, that is a typical pre-med, a non-traditional student's guide to applying to medical school. And they can find that where? You can find it all major booksellers, Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Target. Just type in a typical pre-med into your browser and I'll pop up. All right, excellent. I wanted to make sure I did not forget that because it's important for you guys to have those resources. Now let's get into the, the journey and you know, let's take it way back because you do have a very different journey overall but let's take it way back to to childhood when did you decide that you wanted to become a medical doctor and 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 then on top of that when did you decide you wanted to be a plastic surgeon all right so I wanted to be a physician for as long as I can remember um didn't have anything that triggered me into it it was just something you know I really I don't know if people remember TLC used to show you know actual operations before they started blurring it out and I used to love watching those um so that's what really got me into it and then when you said you know, when you said when you said TLC I thought you were talking about uh TLC the group the singing group I was like yeah I remember oh, TLC oh, 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 no, the learning channel but now it's all reality but way back then they used to show the actual operations and I thought that was really cool um and then you know surgery so surgery's always been a dream I've always said plastic since I was like people tell me since I've been saying it since I was 11 um but that's just because I really love the variety that the field you know has so it's been a minute <laughs> wow so that's, that's fascinating so you might be one of the first people that I've that I've um interviewed that didn't have like that one specific trigger so yours just kind of like it's just what I've known what I've wanted to do right I grew up in a military family my parents wanted me to be an officer um so I'm the black sheep who went into medicine I'm the first doctor in the family Hey, I'll say that's a pretty good black sheep though, right? That's a pretty good field, pretty good field to choose. So for your first doctor in the family, but did you have any other, did you have any physician influences around you, friends of the family? Where did that, no. where that other than TLC? Um, so no, there were no, I didn't know black physicians at all. And you know, that's you know why I started blogging originally is because I couldn't find anyone who had been through similar circumstances as myself. And I was like, there's got to be someone out here. So I put it in the atmosphere. I was like, if no one's out here, at least I'm gonna show that it's possible, you know, being a black female, single mother, all this. But um, yeah, I didn't have any medical influences. I love that. That's that, that that's leadership right there. It wasn't there, so you went out there and you made it. That's huge. That's leadership. Exactly. So what what kind of um what kind of student were you growing up? Were you that that uh you know geek nerdy student who got the good grades, or were you the student who was struggling? Where were you in that spectrum? Um, you know, so I guess high school growing up. So I moved a lot military, so I was in a different place every year. So the grades were good. Um, I was that student who was just, I went with it, had good grades, but I was also a planner. So, you know, freshman year of high school, I was already planning out my college career so that I can make it into medicine. Um, so a little bit of- Were you really, or are you just saying that? No, really? I really was. I was picking out, you know, <laughs> LSU. I was like, okay, this is gonna be my curriculum planned out four years. Of course, you know what they say, you know, make plans, God will laugh at you because nothing will go as planned, but I, I plan out everything. That's fascinating. So how did you even have the, the um, how was your brain even in that space to think to do something? Because I was just playing ball in high school, right? So how was, how was your brain in that space to even think about like, you know, what's my schedule going to look like in college? Right. Well, how did you, you, know, they how tell did you me. know what college schedules were like? 
Well, they tell you, you know, plan out your college career based on what you want to do in life. So, okay, you want medicine? Okay, what do I need to major in to do that? And so, you know, originally I picked chemistry because it was always like, well, if I don't do well, I could have pharmaceutical to fall back on. Like, I've just been a planner my whole life. And then so you'd look at, you know, the curriculum laid out because you can find that for any school. But yeah, now that I say it out loud, I might have been a bit, you know, obsessive about it. But <laughs> <laughs> you were definitely advanced I'll say that much you were definitely That's beyond always me and it's just funny because looking at my daughter she's like I don't know what I want to do she changes every week and I'm like how do you not know when I knew so it's just it's interesting so how, old is, how old is how old is your daughter now oh she's 14 so she'll be starting high school in a few months this fall nice so she's 14 and you said when you were 14 you were planning for college already right so, so you so you you're putting those same <laughs> expectations on your daughter like Hey, when I was your age, I already knew what I was doing. Right. And she's like, I don't know what I want to do. One week she's scientist, the other week trauma surgeon. She goes by what she watches on TV. So we'll see what she hey, again. Both of those, both of those are <laughs> both of those are good fields, though. Both of those are good fields. So where'd you go to um college? I Actually, went no, you know what, you know what? Let, let's back up. I saw the excitement in your face. Whatever it is, you're whatever <laughs> it is, you're very proud of it because I saw you just get really bright. But before that, um, what things other than academics, what did you do in high school? How involved were you in other other things? So my thing was mostly um, choir. I was, you know, in an acapella group. I was always, no matter what state I lived in, I was involved in choir, but I wasn't involved in sports or anything else. Like I said, I was at a different place every year. So, but singing was consistent for me. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Now, so I saw the excitement. So let's go into it. Now. <laughs> Tell me about the college. What are you proud of? Louisiana State University, aka LSU. LSU. Go Tigers! <laughs> all right, all right. The the, the I'll, I'm gonna call y'all the fake Tigers because I went to Mizzou University, of Mizzou oh, Tigers, real no. Tigers. SEC, um, where it's at. <laughs> what um, are you, are you from Louisiana? I know you moved around, but were you like, is that was that your final stop? Or did you go out of state? Um, so when I graduated high school, I was in Georgia. Um, but the funny thing is, by the time I made it to Georgia junior year, I already had enough credits to graduate, but they wouldn't let me. So I did high school in Georgia junior year. And in my senior year, I was actually at Kennesaw State University because, you know, I just did the joint enrollment, but never actually went to high school because they wouldn't let me graduate. So yeah. <laughs> so you just had to do it. All right. And so you get to LSU. What was um before we even get to talking about like medicine and such, what was just a campus like? What what's campus life like at LSU? Is it a big party school? Can you focus? What was it like down there? So it, it's more of a football school. They call Baton Rouge, you know, it's a drinking town with a football problem. Um, for me, not being heavily into the sports, there were a lot of times where I was just like. A, why is no one focusing on the education? Like we had Hurricane Katrina when I was there, followed by Hurricane Rita. Um, and I remember they had canceled classes, but still had a Monday night football game. And I was just like, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> hey, that's money, man. That's, that's a business right there. You, you cancel Monday night football, you losing a lot of money. Yeah, but I chose it because it was a beautiful campus, um, well-rounded. So, you know, you could get the party, you could get the sports, you could get the academics. It just had everything I wanted as a student. And the weather was Nice, of course, being in Louisiana. Nice, nice. Oh, so you were you a biology major or did you stick with a chemistry major? Because of so I started as a chemistry major, and then turns out I took the wrong physics required for the degree. So then they were like, Well, you could switch the biology. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so how did 
How does somebody who's been playing since playing right. for college stuff since freshman year in high school, how'd she take the wrong physics? So it was supposed to be some technical physics for engineers, something like that. I was like, well, that's not me. So I picked the regular one. Um, and then when I was meeting with the advisor, they're like, no, it was supposed to be this one, but you can switch to biochemistry and get a chemistry minor and still graduate on time. So that's what I ended up doing. <laughs> okay, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, biochemistry. Um, I don't know, I'm trying to think about what the what the if there's any implications between those two two majors, it probably doesn't matter. It's a lot too much. of overlap. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good. But it didn't really make a difference. <laughs> so so end up doing um biochemistry major. What was your what was your most challenging part of your undergrad years? What was what brought you the hardest? Um, so I had my daughter my sophomore year. Um also at the time I was I was previously married, um, but also going through an abusive marriage and everything of that sort, trying to get out of that situation. Um, I did have to leave for a semester just you know for safety issues. So it was challenging having to leave, having to balance being a single mother, and then coming back with just my child and figuring out, okay, how do I work? How do I go to school? How do I make this happen? Um, so not the challenges that most people face, but um, for me it was. How do I raise this kid by myself? How do I make money? And how do I be a good student? So that so was challenging. <laughs> yeah, so so let's talk about that. Because, hey, a lot of pre-meds like, oh, my life is so hard. Well, I'm willing to bet their life wasn't <laughs> as challenging as what, as what some of the stuff you went through. So, um, I, you know, I'm not going to, this, this isn't the podcast for the abusive relationship part, but, I, you know, I don't know if there's any listeners or such that, that might be in that situation. But what specific feedback about that would you say? You know, don't stay in something. There's so there's a lot of factors that people have to stay in these relationships. You know, when I was married, I was a student and didn't have money, so I was kind of dependent on him. Um, and that's why I ended up leaving. My closest family was six hours away. Um, but you know, get out of it while you can. It's not worth your life. Do what you got to do and let people know. I think a lot of it, the early stages, no one knew what was going on. Um, and then had people known, I would have had more of a support system to kind of help me out of it. Um, but that's the basics of it. And you, so you were, you would have been young when you were married then. So I got married at 19, officially divorced at 22. So yeah, I did everything young. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. and, and, but was that somebody you've been with in high school or did you meet him in college? Yeah, it was a high school. Sweetheart. Okay, so yeah, so you had, you had a long relationship. So then having a child, you're a sophomore, you said sophomore, right? Sophomore in college with yeah. a child so sophomore year had you taken organic yet or not what um, was going what so, was going on in your world <laughs> at that time Woo! so okay the semester that I had my daughter I decided to take 19 hours because I was like I'm about to have a baby I need to get all this out the way it was crazy so I started off at LSU in honors college I had taken organic chemistry <laughs> didn't do well and I remember the Friday I had her I was like, you know what? I need to withdraw from this class because I'm not gonna do well. Didn't know I was in labor at the time. Um, but yeah, I remember 19 hours of solid hardcore science because in my mind, you know, once you have a baby, you can't study, which I didn't know she would sleep all the time. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it was rough. But like I said, I was a go-getter. 19 hours, goodness 19 gracious. hours, and I think that was like physics, organic, like. All of that—it was insane. I don't. How'd you? How'd you? How'd you do that semester? Horrible. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it messed up my GPA hard, but you know, <laughs> you do what I, you got. I, I can imagine. I think the most I ever took was eighteen hours, and I was never pregnant. Right? <laughs> so I think, I think I think the most I took was eighteen hours in my undergrad, and that was only one semester. Every other semester, I took fifteen. 
in the, the yeah. semester I took the MCAT, I think I only took 12. And you took 19. Yeah, GPA was hit hard. <laughs> so let me, hold on. So, okay, so this goes to the advising thing. Did you have advising? Did anybody advise you not to do that? Um, I mean, yes, people have always advised me not to do things, but you know, in my mindset, I'm going to do what I want to do. Like, you know, I'm going to prove to you wrong. Um, so yeah, I would say people told me not to do that, but you know, I'm like, if you haven't been in this situation, how can you let me know? So I, I'm hard headed in that aspect. So what, so what happened after you, um, had your daughter, were you able to stay there on campus or did you have to take um, time off? How did, so how did that impact you? After I had her, um, so like I said, I was going through the marriage stuff. So it was actually, she was born in November and it was that April because it was a month before the semester ended that I had to leave um, just, you know, for safety reasons. So called out that semester, you know, took a couple months, moved with my family. And then I came back that summer for like summer courses and just kept it going. And then by that time, the campus, since I had a kid, they did let me live on campus. But prior to that, I was living off campus. Okay, nice. And nice graduate point. housing, you know. Okay, so then, okay, so, wow, Danielle, goodness gracious. So your story is <laughs> on a whole different level, goodness gracious. So how were you able to manage single, I, is it appropriate to call you a single mother? I'm not sure how involved. Yeah, I, I call myself a single mother, yeah. Okay, so um, how were you able to manage being a single mother, still majoring in biochemistry, right? Oh, yes. Okay. And, That's what I graduated with. Yeah. So how, how did you manage that? Like what kind of help support did you did you bring in? Ooh, so I mean, I was a broke undergraduate student. It was just me and her. Um, I was lucky enough to move into the graduate housing on campus. So that was cheaper. Use student loans to live. Um, I also had a job as a student worker, um, and also a job as a student researcher. So I balanced that. I would go to classes. Um, I had her in daycare, but I supplemented that with childcare assistance, food stamps. Like I did what I had to do to raise my kid, um, and then just kind of made it all work. Looking back now, I don't know how I did it, but it worked. And then every now and then, I had people who I could count on who would babysit for her for me so that I could get stuff done. So it was just building that village as I went along the way, which I continue to do throughout medical school and beyond. Yeah, I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask specifically about kind of your your network. So were you able to were you able to enjoy the typical things that college kids would have done then? Did I did I all go out the window? Absolutely not. Um, like people, you know, talk about going out and having fun, partying, you know, I couldn't even go out and just, you know, buy a gallon of milk, you know, she was sleeping and stuff. So it was a completely different world for me. I didn't actually get to start having, you know, the fun college experience until I was a medical student. <laughs> so, um, but until that time, it was work, it was be a mom, it was school, there was no extra fun even my graduation is just okay I graduated you know so um yeah because so what would you what so what would you say to so and don't get me wrong I don't I don't want to downplay what pre-meds go through but a lot of times people don't realize a lot of times people think they're in a harder situation than, than what it could be right so like people will tell me oh Dr. Dale I'm so busy I'm like you have no idea what busy is right um so what would you without being kind of like mean or whatever how can you get some people to understand that they should appreciate how much time they actually have free time? Because as a pre-med, it's like, oh, I'm so busy, it's so hard. Well, like, really, is it? it it's relative, but is it? Like, I, were you a single mother trying to do everything that Daniel did? How do you get, how do you get people to understand, that, not even pre-med, but doctors? Some people are like, oh, it's so hard. How do you get people to understand, like, hey, it could be a lot worse. Look what you have. The grass is greener on your side. Enjoy it. 
Yeah, and I try to, you know, I don't try to say, oh, I'm a single mom, I did this, because, you know, I get it different. But you did, but you clothes. did. Um, you you might it, not try to say it, but you did do it, though. You know? But it, it's interesting, because, you know, the times that, you know, I would leave my daughter for the summer, or that sort, with my family, I realized that, you know, it's hard in a different way for other people, like, you know, because it'd be hard for me to study without the time management of having my daughter, having to work, having to do everything, because I knew I had to lay it out. When you don't have that, it's easy to watch Netflix all day. Um, so it's the discipline that's the issue for most people and it's developing you know the good discipline and those habits early but it's hard to do if you don't have anything forcing you to do that um so you know while i wouldn't say i had it rough because there's always someone who has it worse off than you um you, you really just kind of got to fight through those barriers and stay focused on what your game plan is yeah, I get you. I feel you. But hey, I'm going to say it. So all the, the pre-meds out there and med students out there and doctors out there all the way through the spectrum, people who are always thinking like, oh, I've got it really, really bad. Just understand, you know, you need to appreciate what you have because some people out there are doing three times the work you're doing. Right. Um, and there's always I'm sure there are single moms who had like five or six kids getting through college and getting it done. So like for me, it's like, you know, I just had the one. Um, so someone's always got it worse and you got to keep that in mind. And then what you have now can always be taken away. So just keep pushing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. love that. So, all right. Um, MCAT, how was your MCAT journey? <laughs> uh, not good. So I actually took the MCAT four times. Um, my highest score, and this is back, I know it's a new scoring system, but my highest score was a 22. So I was a low gpa -er because had the kid, had to get jobs and all that, and a low MCATer. So it was a struggle for me to get through medical school. And I couldn't afford- Do you, you mind, know, are, you, are you okay showing your GPA or no? Um, no, I'm, it's on my blog. Um, so I graduated college, uh, undergrad with a 2.2 GPA. Um, so there was really no getting into medical school for me until I got into my master's program, which they had me on probation. So I have my straight A's. And then, you know, I graduated with that with a 3.7. And then my MCAT was a 22, the highest score. Um, and that was my third attempt because I think the fourth attempt was like a 21. So you guys hearing this, yeah. here she is with a 2.2 GPA, 22 MCAT, now about to be a plastic surgeon. Yes. You got, this isn't making any sense to anybody. She's about to be a plastic surgeon. So I don't want anybody having any excuse to say they can't do it. But I'm sure what we're going to hear soon, though, is, and, and I me, mean, I just, I know Danielle, right? Is nobody's going to hand it to you. You got to work for it. Exactly. Right? You've got to go out and work for it. So, let, so let, let's hear some of, the, some of the ways you overcame that and, and how were you able to take those numbers and eventually get to where you where you got to? You mentioned that you had gone to um, the master's program. Tell us about right. that step. All right. So after I graduated college, um, at that time, I was like, OK, I need a job. So just the in-between, I did take a career as a research associate. Um, was kind of running a lab in parasitology and immunology. We were working on a vaccination for a neglected tropical disease. But in that time frame, I was like, OK, I need to build up my application. I got the research. I got all you know the publications and stuff that's needed but this GPA isn't gonna cut it. So I found actually an online master's degree program. Um, it was through University of St. Joseph in West Hartford, Connecticut, where you know you could do your whole master's online, you could go there to graduate and it shows up on your transcript as like normal classes, like you're at the actual university. But I, I was always open. This. So I, I would have known you when you were doing this. What year was this? Um, I think I finished the program 2013. I started in 2012. So okay. it's been okay. a minute. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, yeah, I feel like I probably, I probably, 
because I remember I remember this. I remember thinking like Danielle's one of the first people who's really starting to do these online massive programs that yeah. I knew. I didn't know people doing it back then. I remember always thinking you were one of the first people doing it. Now people do it all the time, but right. I remember and thinking you were. Stigma. There was a big stigma against it because they're like, this doesn't count. That's why I was like, you know, will this show up on my transcript? But, you know, even further on, I always let people know it was an online course because it was hard. It was harder than being in person because um, you had to do that every week. You had to do discussion boards, whereas when you're on campus, you could show up when you want to, you know, take the exams. But those online classes were something else. Um, and that was just what six hours required to be full time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, goodness. So you've been a trendsetter every step of the way then, right? So you were, you were somebody that was going to say, I'm not, man, I'm going to put this out there. Somebody just needs to make a movie about your life. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. Whoever's got the means to resource. I just made a movie. So I know how hard it is, but still, this is good enough, right? Someone needs to make a movie about your life because it just needs to be done. I'll just say that it just needs to be done. But um, so did the master's class, not master's class, master's program. While working full-time in research. So I was able to kill two birds with one stone or three actually working research and um, building up my GPA. And being a mommy. Oh, yes. Just saying <laughs> that's kind of a hard job too. Um, goodness gracious, man, you're making me feel like a real failure in life right about now. <laughs> yeah, you had a lot you going on. You all the movies and the, the uh, nine-time author, yeah, like, no, trying to get no, on your level. No, you had, you had a lot going on and you're killing it, man. All right, so the master's program. So what was what were those conversations like whenever you're interviewing for med school? Yeah, goodness, man, I would have loved to be on the, I would have loved to interview you for med school. What were those, what were those interviews like when you're explaining your journey, your story, and then so it was interesting. So applying to medical school, and one thing I'll mention is the university, because of my low undergrad GPA, despite having a high graduate GPA, they wouldn't even write me a letter, a committee letter. So that took me out of a lot of medical schools as it was. Um, and then when it came to medical school interviews, I'll let you know, I only got one interview and that's where I ended up going. Um, Philadelphia oh, College, you know, I need sometimes. Um, it was Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine, Georgia campus. And, you know, during the interview, they didn't ask anything about my grades, my MCAT. It was very laid back. Um, I still remember one of the professors, I walked in and I was like, I hate your tie because he had a Georgia Bulldogs tie on. And then we started talking about sports and Hurricane Katrina. So it was very laid back and I didn't have to, you know, fight to explain myself during the interview because what people don't know is once you get the interview, they already like you, you know, it's up to you to make it or break it. So at that point, you don't need to explain yourself. They've already seen your downfalls. It's just, you know, showing that you're not crazy and you'd be a good part of the school or institution wherever you're going. So one, uh, what, was there ever a point in your journey where you felt that imposter syndrome hitting you hard, where you felt like, man, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. And then at what point, at what point did you, and we never get over imposter syndrome. It's always right. going to be some of it there. But what point did you realize like, oh man, I can kill this thing, right? Because like I said, I remember when you were in med school, I just remember seeing you award here, award there, SMA president. So something happened where, where you you twitched on, you just started running right past everybody on that track field. Right, and you don't ever get over imposter syndrome. Like I'm about to go on plastic surgery. I'm still like in shock. Like I still check the match email and check to make sure my contracts and like, it's still a disbelief, but um. I remember, and you go back to the presidency, when I was running for president of SNMA, you know, one of my friends, I was like, I don't know if I'll ever get this, you know, I'm a DL, they've never had a DL president, um, and then I just remember he said, God doesn't, you know, call the qualified, he qualifies the called, and like, from that, that just kind of gave me the push, and like, I use that for 
everything now. It's like, you know, I might not feel like I have it, but you know, God's going to give me the tools to make sure I make it and succeed in whatever I do. So that's kind of what's pushed me for everything at this point. Amen. Um, yeah, I mean, in your situation, right, by the time you get to residency, it's really about how hard are you willing to work, how are you really willing to grind, and I think it's clear that you're willing to put the work in, so so that's not even, even a question at all. Um, so what would you say was the, the most challenging part for medical school for you? Um, so medical school for me was actually fun. Um, <laughs> you know, it was like the studying and the time management. I came in knowing how to do that because I had a kid. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a drastic change. Like the lack of sleep when I had rotations wasn't a drastic change as a mom. That's what you deal with. Um, so medical school was fine. It was the, you know, applying the residency part and then failing to match. Um, that was the hardest part, I would say, of my entire medical career was, you know, going through medical school, passing boards, doing average, you know, I was always like 70 equals DO. So I wasn't, you know, gunning for that straight A type thing. But then, you know, to be president, to have all these awards. And then at the end of fourth year, <laughs> you haven't matched like that heartbreaking beyond the toughest part of my medical. You went for plastic. So I remember when you were in med school, I was connecting you with people who were plastic surgeons. So you were yeah. going for, pla you applied for plastic the first time. No. So I didn't tell. Okay. So with plastics and general surgery, like a lot of people were like, you know, don't tell people. So not too many people knew that I was interested in plastic surgery. So like, you're one of the rare ones. Like I would reach out to people and let them know, but it wasn't something I made public on the blog or in any aspect. So when I first applied, you know, being an osteopathic medical student, I was just like, you know what, you know, I don't have like the stellar, I'm not a stellar applicant going straight into plastics is unrealistic. Let's just plan for general surgery residency and then do the plastics fellowship. Um, so that was my game plan. And then, you know, I did my intern year in general surgery, traditional rotating internship. And then I reapplied again, didn't get it. And it wasn't until this year that I was like, you know what, I'm working as a physician, I'm making money, I can afford to apply everywhere. Let me just go for it and see what happens. Um, because I had been applying throughout the year since finishing intern year, I've been applying for open positions like PGY2 and plastics and I had gotten some interviews. So I was like, oh, they actually like me. So I was like, let me just go for it and just apply to start as like an intern again. And so um, <laughs> it worked out. I worked, amen. So um, real quick, so did a match but you still worked as a physician. Yes, so I didn't match. Um, this was before the AOA ACGME merger. So I was able to scramble into a one-year traditional rotating internship in general surgery. So I did. I have completed a year of general surgery training. Um, and then I reapplied after that and didn't match again. What most people don't know is, you know, once you have that year, you've passed all three of your required boards, um, you can get a license, an unrestricted license to practice in most states. So, you know, I was in Philadelphia. I was like, you know what? I'm going back to Georgia. I'm going to be an urgent care physician. I'm going to make money and figure this out and keep applying in the meantime. And so that's what I've been doing. And then for the past year, I've just been open positions. I've been applying as much as I can. Yeah. So you got real world training and got a real world paycheck while well, I had it too. So. Yes. <laughs> so I went from that uh, intern paycheck to attending paycheck and now I'll go back to residency, but it'll all be worth it. And I've been saving up. So <laughs> your daughter, your daughter's old enough now to maybe start appreciating some of this. What does she have to say about mommy? So she's been telling people that her mom's a plastic surgeon um, for the past few years. So I've had to tell her teachers like, no, I, 
<laughs> not yet but she is just so proud she's like you're gonna make it of course she's like you could buy me a car now she's thinking about money because she's 14 um but she tells me she's proud all the time sorry if you hear background noise no I don't you sound good um but man you, you gotta man somebody make this a movie that's all I know <laughs> this this is this is phenomenal and well, not yet. let me make it first let me make it I still got six years <laughs> uh, yeah i guess but nah affirmations man affirmations i, I believe it. You, you're gonna be good you like i said by the time you get to residency it's all about you want to put that grind in and, and you clearly show that that you're gonna put you're gonna you can go harder than anybody um all right so a couple things uh let's see here let's do i do these little games then sometimes let me just let me let me just let me it's gonna be this or that right so pick this or pick that i'll do three of them just for fun they have they have they have no basis whatever just sometimes just gonna randomly make up um lion or tiger lion wow i did not expect you to say that you went to lsu i was like she's definitely gonna say tiger why why the lion mine's a bit bigger they're more majestic actually it's funny because i would say because i went to mizzou mizzou's a tiger and i say i would say lion too uh, for those who are seeing you can't see it, but in my room out it's my workout room i always want to to have space on my wall above me that I want to put a big lion across there. I haven't done it yet, but I want to get a big lion and put it across there. Um, all right, um, blue or red? Blue. Are you in a sorority, by the way? I am not. Um, I didn't have the GPA as an undergrad to <laughs> qualify. And then I have my daughter after, so, you know. Yeah, time. <laughs> all right, and let's do the last one. Cake or pie? Cake. I forgot to ask you why. So why why for the blue? Why blue over red? Oh, because blue is calming. You know, calming force. It's just tranquility. It's it's gonna be cool. Are you wearing, is that blue? Is that it? is that blue you wearing or is that purple? I can't. I'm not. Oh, it's blue. It's blue. There you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing blue too, actually. Um, and then why the cake? Oh, because a Chantilly cake came into my mind, and now I want cake. And I was looking at pancakes last night and stopped myself from ordering them. So I've just been thinking about cakes <laughs> <laughs> all right so what advice would you give um in one sentence what advice would you give uh say high schooler find out what you want don't let anyone discourage you don't give up man is that three sentences <laughs> yeah i was trying to add some commas in there <laughs> there you go uh, <laughs> or, okay reach for the stars reach for the stars i love it i love it and then let's do um med student what advice would you give a med student in one sentence you have what it takes to make it. Comma. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know I wanted to add more, but I thought. <laughs> I, I saw you thinking about it. Excellent, excellent. So man, Dr. Ward, thank you so very much for um, inspiring me on this episode and inspiring. I'm, I'm certain our listeners are inspired. This is going to be one of the, man, we're going to get a lot of feedback on this one. I can tell you that now. So what is your email? So they can send you an email directly and, and I don't get bombarded with the emails. Oh, that is aspiringminoritydoctor at gmail.com. So aspiringminoritydoctor.gmail.com and social media handles. Um, so Twitter and Instagram is at minoritydoctor. Facebook is facebook.com slash minoritydoctor. And one more time, your book. Is Atypical Pre-Med, A Non-Traditional Student's Guide to Applying to Medical School, available through all major retailers and Amazon. Definitely. So you guys go get all that stuff. Reach out to her. Um, phenomenal. She's a phenomenal mentor. Like I said, I've been, I've been knowing Danielle to do great stuff for uh, quite a bit of time now. So... Definitely check it out. For the pre-med, check out premedmondays.com. 
um, Monday evenings, you get a chance to um, be part of the mastermind group with the other pre-meds and either myself, Dr. Daniel, one of the medical students, your coaches there. Uh, every week I send you a video that helps you develop and diversemedicine.com, you can get a mentor there. And if you haven't seen the Black Men and White Coast documentary, what are you doing? Go check it out, bmwcmovie.com. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Subscribe on YouTube. We're putting the videos on YouTube now and follow the podcast. <laughs> Daniel, I'm trying to make sure you got the hair right, got the hair right. All right, everybody. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Thank you. Ooh. I want them bad like a dad, yeah. Only do it like flogger, yeah. I'm kicking flavor, no saga, yeah. Hey, I like them blues. I might go Janet like Jackson. I got the margin, yeah. It's all about progression. Life is like a blessing. Everything a win, loss is like a lesson. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, ain't no time for stressing. I've been really stepping. Ooh.